0: You do not beg the sun for mercy. muhadeep's travail from the Stilgar Commentary. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Caleb Pauls and I'm Evan Diaz. And together we're going to read some Dune Messiah. Yeah, we are. Woo! All right. So, I see I saw there in a little bit that you have your um Dune uh, you have your little uh, uh um Oh my gosh, what's it called? The worm. You have your, your emotional oh, yeah. support worm. Yeah. Do you feel like this chapter you needed it? Um
1: maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit.
0: Yeah. But the a lot
1: of yeah. There's a there's a lot of weird, weird stuff going on.
0: I mean it, it wouldn't be doing without getting a little weird. Yeah. So okay, first off um. Oh yeah, we have a form submission from Ooh. the website. Ooh. So if you, I mean, of course, there's lots of ways to talk to us: Twitter at Reading Dune, email gmail.com, or you can go to the website, which is readingdune.com, and you put it in there, and you'll like this. This is from Mister Mystery Man. What? Yeah. Mister Mystery Man. He says. Uh, hi, just wanted to say, please don't ever stop doing these. I love your interpretations of this series so much. He says, by far, the best conversation in the entire book is the Fremen talking to Thufir Hawat. Good day. Stay spicy. Mystery. Does it say Mr. Mystery Man? Yeah, that's what he wrote in his name. <laughs> Mr. Mystery Man. So, cool. Mr. Mystery Man, if you've gotten this far listening, I also think that chapter with Thufir Hawat was underrated and yep. I did not expect it to be that funny <laughs> when we did it but man we get we get lots of comments about that chapter it might be my favorite chapter that we've done on reading dune ever because wow. it was hilarious Dang. um all right so let's start with start with this quote it's a small one it's very is it the smallest one it may be one two three four five six seven eight words. <laughs> it might be the smallest one. You do not beg the sun for mercy. Um what do you think Paul was going through when he said this statement? He's talking to Stilgar, it's in the Stilgar commentary. Right. He's travailing, he's kinda of pissed off. I think that that
1: whole that weird vibe of like him kind of forgetting that he's not actually a god yeah and so having that you know like oh you wouldn't ask the son for mercy why would you ask me for mercy like that kind of thing mm-hmm. right that's the vibe that i got from
0: it but okay yeah yeah i feel like um As we'll get over, like, again, this is speculation. I have no real clue. But as we go in this chapter, there's certain things that are going to happen to Paul that he's trying to stop. But just like the sun from rising, he can't stop it. So even all of this power, the sun will still beat down on you. Jeez. In the noonday sun. So, yeah. On that note. That's ouchy. <laughs> Steven on YouTube. He says, first live show. Ready to get weird, Steven. What's up, Steven? Thanks for coming. Thanks for Welcome being live in. with us. Alright. You ready to dive into this chapter? Let's do it. Okay. So, this is a Reverend Mother Guy's Hell Mahayam chapter. Yeah. Call back all the way from chapter Salty one of grandma. yeah, Salty the, grandma. Let's the, go. The old witch. So, she's in her dungeon, still. And so the Fremen guards have now come and they've come to escort her. She's captive to have an audience with Emperor Muhadib. Right. Which she was captured like
1: f- f- 10 chapters ago.
0: Right. Like right? she was on the Highliner that brought yeah. um, Edric. Right. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And it was a complete trap. The Fremen guards just grabbed her and said, you can't be here, so you're now captive. Yeah. Just, so she's like, crap. So she walks down the dusty prison hallways, and she remembers the first time she tested this child, this Quizrock Tatarak. He was a deep one. I right, are thinking about that first time where he puts his hand in the box, and he recounts, you know, fear is the mind killer, and everything is burning, and she's just waiting. And then she thinks about how Jessica, Jessica played her role in all of this. So of course she focuses all of the blame on Jessica. None of this is her fault. Right. Right. Okay. I already have a question.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't know if we've talked about it at all. Okay. But, or, or maybe we did and I forgot. That's like very, very like likely that that's what happened. But anyway, my question is where's, where's Jessica? Dun dun
0: dun. Good question. She because is we've in- been talking about her and yeah, don't know where she is. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a spoiler, so I can say it. She's on Caladan. Oh, okay. She did say, they say that at some point? Um, I think at the very beginning. Yeah, it's it's probably. I think it was in Bronzo's like thing. Oh, okay. Like, um, she's on Caladan. And she refuses to make Caladan one of the stops on the pilgrimage. Uh-huh. Like, she's like, no, the pilgrims can't come here. And, of course, they all want to. We want to go to Muad'Dib's homeworld and see the waters, you know. Right. And she's like, no, uh-uh. I'm not here for that fan service. Like, let's not do it. <laughs>
1: the fan service.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, she's on Kaladan. Um Just, like, living her best life. Yeah. she's Getting
1: mani-pedis, like, hanging out.
0: She's uh, She's also with somebody. This isn't really a spoiler, I guess, either. But there's a certain character that's been missing throughout this book. Uh, one of the main Atreides people. Oh, Gurney. Yeah. You remember that special moment they had in the cave? Yes. Yes. Right? Right? When the ways change conversation yeah. where we meet Gurney. He shows up. He sees like... Batman, Muhadeeb and then, like, <laughs> yeah. goes that. And then afterwards, he, like, plays a song for Jessica and got really tender after he tried to kill her. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. They're together on Caladan. Cute. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yep. So she obviously wants nothing to do with any of this. Right. She's, like, pretty much abandoned her children <laughs> at this point, which, to be honest, Aaliyah needs help, so it's kind of messed up on her now. Right. If anybody needs help, Aaliyah definitely needs help from mom on <laughs> what's going on in her life, but I don't know if she'd ever listen. She's at that weird, awkward stage in, in adolescence. Um, but yeah, so Reverend, Meyer, Reverend Mother Guy's home. Helmaheim blames all of Jessica. Um, she assigns no blame to the Bene Gesserit, of by course. the way. Why just would Jessica. they be the blame? Right, just Jessica, because... She, they were one generation away from having the perfect thing and Jessica messed it up. So the guards herd her around the corner into another what seems like endless vaulted passage. Now there's triangle windows, there's tiles on the floor that are a deep blue, so she's out of the dungeons, she's walking through the keep. As they walk through the passages, the Reverend Mother sees other Fremen, and then she starts to get angry at Paul. Like She's just walking, just brooding this whole time. So far, she's been angry at Jessica. Now she's angry at Paul. How could he deny the jewels of posterity within his loins? I just love that line. A quiz watch hotter rock. Yes, born out of time. True, but real. As real as his abomination of a sister. (laughs) She's so salty.
1: So salty about Aaliyah.
0: (laughs) And I wonder how old uh, Reverend Mother is at this time. She's got to be, okay, so this is a fun little fact. I guess not a spoiler either. So the Spice is what the Reverend Mothers take to yeah. become Reverend Mothers, right. right? They have access to all of those gene memories. Um, so they're definitely addicted, which is why they need it. And right. Spice prolongs life. Right. So she could be anywhere from the 250s to 300 years old. Really? Tom- yeah. Thomas Wright says she's 85, here on YouTube, so it's, it's so yeah, somewhere in that range, eighty-five to four hundred, somewhere in there, <laughs> somewhere in there. She's old; she's been around a while. She's the emperor's truthsayer, and she's p- pissed at the Atreides children. <laughs> oh, then she's talking about Aaliyah. Um, she's and she says a wild reverend mother spawned without Benny Gesserit inhibitions. No loyalty towards her own development of genes. And she shared her brother's powers, no doubt. And probably more. They kept walking. Passage after passage. Would these passages ever end, she thinks? The The size itself of the Citadel begins to oppress her. Right. The pure size of this place reeked of terrifying physical power. No planet, no civilization in all human history had ever seen such man made immensities.
1: I underline that.
0: Right, which recalls back to like the thought that Paul was having about Genghis Khan and Hitler Mm -hmm. and like their size of their empires. Right. How like the what what Paul has done is put a stamp on human history. This is the biggest it's ever been right now right a dozen ancient cities could be hidden in
1: these walls you know what you know what it made me think of just now like reading through it again yeah yeah yeah. this is this is niche this is a very niche reference i'm sorry um but have you read the magician's nephew the first chronicles of narnia book i have yeah so they go into um like jaded like the white Witch's world where they like find her uh-huh and charn is like the 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 country that like that they're in that it's just like a one palace that's like the size of a planet country you yes. know like it's just this one huge palace and they're like in room after room and all the rooms just get bigger and bigger that's that's what it just reminded me of
0: i think that's a good a good illusion of what okay. paul is going for yeah right terrifying physical power. Right. Uh, Andrew Floyd, who is also at the airport about to go to San Francisco for work. Hey, Andrew, thanks for joining. He says, they um, <laughs> say, he says, this is the Basilica of the true universal faith. Everybody Dang. in the empire comes here to worship. All right. So they pass an, an oval door with winking lights. And it was a Ixian pneumatic transport orifice, ooh, which basically means it's a faster way of getting around than walking. Yet they forced her to walk this entire way. So she saw like an elevator and was like, "Wait, I could have used one of those." Yeah, there was like a there's a a little scooter I could have been on. Like <laughs> this whole time, you're making me walk. And the answer why they made her walk, it finally clicked. This oppressive walk was meant to prepare her for the audience with the emperor. Then it clicked. Again, Paul wanted something from her. He was preparing her psychologically for this conversation. The Reverend Mother concealed a feeling of elation. Now she had a lever to pull in this game, which means she still held, held some power in this relationship. And with the right leverage, a finger's touch could topple a civilization. The Reverend Mother reminded herself of Saitel's assessment, right? Saitel said this probably numerous times. When a creature has developed into one thing, he would rather choose death than change into his opposite. Mm -hmm. So this is this is what everyone's looking for this thing. How can we get him to how do we get Paul to choose death? The passage slowly became bigger. Subtly, though, ahead of her finally loomed double doors centered on the far wall the doorway stood 80 meters high half that in width so we're american so we don't <laughs> we don't know what meters are um so i did some math it's about 262 feet tall which yeah. again i can't grasp um it's about 18 stories okay And so the the doors itself are 18 stories tall. Jeez. To show you immensity, scale, like physical power being held. Just the doors. Just the doors. Yeah. As she approached with her escort, the doors swung inward on their own. They entered the grand reception hall of Emperor Paul Atreides, Muhadib, before whom all people are dwarfed. Now, this room, though the doors were big. This room was huge. <laughs> right. A whole citadel of any ruler in human history could fit inside this one room. Trusses supporting beams, a domed ceiling. Everything spoke of pure engineering genius. Right. And without seeming to do so, the hall grew smaller at the far end which dwarfed Paul and the throne centered on the dais. So it's like,
1: wait, 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 wait. It's okay.
0: All right. So like the, the room small, right. The room gets smaller as you approach Paul to make Paul look bigger.
1: Right. Because it's like you walk into this gigantic room and you get used to the room being gigantic, but then it like subtly becomes smaller So that when you see Paul, he looks gigantic. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was confusing. I had to like make sure we were (laughs) saying uh the right thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, as the room is so big, and but you don't notice it getting smaller. It just looks like Paul is that big from far away. Right. And the colors, of course, are crazy. There's the pure green of the emerald throne that invoked Fremen mysticism. Right. As one piece of emerald. One piece of stone carved is the throne. Nuts. Actually crazy. Now, um, green in Fremen culture, pop quiz, green in Fremen culture means what? Morning. Yeah. What else is green with Paul? Uh, The Atreides? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's this symbol of like, F- Fremen mourning in a tradey succession there that I want I want the audience to like kind of see yeah and we've been noting how the Fremen are basically completely different right behind the throne were draperies of burnt orange and gold what do you think those mean it's not it's-
1: money because gold we immediately think of money but it's like yeah. I don't know. What's uh the planet is called? Oh, yeah. I mean, just like do like the, the desert and the, the, the fremenish ways. Right.
0: What's in the desert that's really orange and. Oh, the spice. Addictive? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I. That, yeah. yeah. Right. So behind you have this green throne behind that, you have orange like draperies to represent the spice and the wealth that Dune had to offer. Right. Again, it's the only place in the universe you can get this stuff. The time it took to walk to this place, (laughs) it was starting to have its effect on the Reverend Mother. You might start the long march towards the throne with human dignity, but you end the march as a gnat. In the center on the throne with Paul, glittering with the effect of the shield on him, Right. Which, again, I think is like just another display of power. Also how shields attract worms and like right. you don't use them, but here he is using them. It's another display of
1: non fremin Yeah.
0: Yeah. Aaliyah, the abomination, stood two steps below Paul on the left, Stilgar one step below Aaliyah, and on the right, on the very bottom, stood the flesh of Duncan Idaho. The guard stopped her ten paces from the foot of the dais. The Reverend Mother noticed there was somebody absent. There were two people absent. Chani wasn't there, and Irlon was not there. Yeah. Paul nodded to her, silently, measuring her. So we had this awkward silence. As they're both not talking. So immediately, the Reverend Mother decides to take the offensive, going, So... <laughs> The great Paul Atreides goes out of his way to see the one he banished. Paul smiles, knowing that she, that, knowing that she knew that he needed something from her. That knowledge had been inevitable. Right. Her being a Bene Gesserit with Reverend Mother Powers, not to mention she did not rise to her station, right? Truth, the emperor's truth-sayer, mm-hmm. without being the very best at all of the Bene Gesserit cunning sneakiness. Right. Like she's She knows what's up. So Paul just stares at her, says, shall we dispense with the fencing? <laughs> like, <laughs> Can we just eh, cut the shit? Can we just... Let's just go straight to the point. Yeah. So the Reverend, the Reverend Mother responds, name the thing you want. Stilgar stirred. He did not like the way this woman talked to Paul. Paul sees this. Still, girl wants me to send you away. The reverend mother says, "Not kill me." I would have expected something more direct from a fremen naib. Like, way to just throw shade at the man. Yeah, you are half the man you once were. Oof. Guys, Helma continues saying, "Let's dispense with this diploma- the, the diplomacy as well." Was it really necessary to have me walk all that distance? I'm an old woman. <laughs> Paul responds saying, Shut up, grandma. <laughs> Paul responds saying, he wanted, it, he wanted her to see all of this, to experience that walk. So that way she'll appreciate his forgiving nature towards her. She, of course, gets offended by this and asks again, So, what does he want from me? Aaliyah glances at her brother. She looks at Paul and then to the orange curtains behind them and then back at Paul. She knew why Paul was doing this, but she didn't like it. Call this feeling wild prophecy, whatever that she was feeling, but Aaliyah did not want to be anywhere near this bargaining. Just to put the Reverend Mother in her place, once again, Paul said, you must be careful how you speak to me, old woman. The Reverend Mother thinks to herself about that moment, that first moment they met, the hand, the box, the pain she wonders if she made the right decision in that moment and she wondered if she would make the same decision here and now so evan let's go back to all the way back to chapter one in dune the box ready what decision did she make there uh
1: to not kill paul yeah, he decided that he was human, right? Well, that was the point of the the Bar
0: test. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that, and and she could have killed him right then and there, and like roll taken, credits, t- right? Directed take, by Teni, uh, <laughs> <Villeneuve. laughs> <laughs> taking Jessica, you know, had her get pregnant one more time, take her off planet, continue the whole line. Like, of course, she. T- Paul was already not supposed to happen. There's a bunch of different things. So she made a split decision not to kill him. And now this, that decision is now wrecked the entire universe. And so she's like, will I decide again to let him live? Whatever this bargaining may have. It was a long walk, Paul said, and I can see that you're tired. We will retire to my private chamber behind the throne. You may sit there. Then he gave the hand signal to Stilgar. Stilgar and the steely bald, I mean eyed, Duncan slash hate, took the Reverend Mother and helped her up the steps. They followed Paul through the passage hidden behind the giant dune-covered drapes. It clicked to the Reverend Mother why Paul needed the big show. The show wasn't for her. It was to keep appearances with the guards and the lackeys and the bureaucracy. And there's this, there's this tension now between like Paul doesn't really give any craps about what he he's the emperor he do what he wants but it, the whole imperium only works if everyone believes that he is a god that right. he is capable of being emperor so there's all this show the reverend mother as as they're walking through can feel an eerie presence behind her something spooky. She looked back to see the abomination. Aaliyah following behind with a menacing stare. The Reverend Mother shuddered to herself as she turned back to look forwards. So at the very end of this little like tunnel here, there's a private chamber at this end of the passage that kind of looked like an old Fremen living room from the old mm-hmm. Sietch days, right? Cave-like, but there was orange hangings on the walls instead of cushions on the ground, though. We had full couches, Right. With the softest cushions you could imagine. We're like elevated Fremen here. Fancy, fancy. Yeah. yeah. And the room gave a slight melange smell. And she could see a tall crystal pitchers of water all around the tables. Which that
1: shows more wealth than
0: everything else. Right. On Arrakis. Paul nods to the water. Like, do you want some? She's like, no. In a low voice Paul said, I wish to bargain with you for the life of my beloved. Bum bum bum. Uh, yeah, yeah. What did you think when uh, when he said that? I
1: was like, "Wait, what?" Right. <laughs> like, "How is what? What is what is what's happening? Why do I is he bargaining with her about Chani? Like obviously it's Chani, there's no one
0: else." Right, yeah. You know? But Because in the last chapter, he has the premonition of the feeling without her. So he's getting a sense that she's going to die somehow. So now he's trying to stop it. And so he's like, all right, if I can stop the Bene Gesserit from trying to harm her, we'll be okay. Stilgard clears his throat. throat. Aaliyah has her fingers on the handle of her Chris knife, hung around her neck. And hate was just standing stoically at the door and his steely eyes looked to the air right above the Reverend Mother's head. He's just hes just kind of like a, just standing there aloof. Right. The Reverend Mother asks if Paul has had a vision of somehow she being a part of Chani's death, which I think is a fair question. But the Reverend Mother was keeping her attention on the Gola, who was just weird. She felt even threatened by the presence of the Golwa, Since technically he's a tool of the conspiracy, like him even being in the room is a little awkward now. Right. Paul avoids her question only saying, I know what, I know what it is you want from me. She looks down at her feet and then slowly raises her gaze to meet Paul. She stares at him with an angry glare. And, And I imagine that she's sitting, but I don't think Paul is sitting Yet he's kind of like standing over her. Yeah. With, again, a position of power. Right. She glares angrily and says, what coin do you offer? Paul says that the Bene Gesserit can have his seed, but not his person. Which means he'll be a sperm donor. Right. He'll give his seed, his genes, to so the Bene Gesserit, they can do what they want. Um, and that Irulan is the person they're supposed to use, and she will be banished and artificially inseminated with his sperm. Right. This pisses the Reverend Mother off. <laughs> yeah. You dare. Stillgard st- takes a step forward. Lagola just smiles. Again, I don't know where he's looking at this point. I- he's <laughs> <It's laughs> just, just looking just like right above her head, just like... It's hmm. <laughs> a small smile. And Aaliyah is now staring at hate because... That's weird. What is he smiling at? I'm confused. What's happening? I feel like there's like this subconscious programming happening in his mind that none of us know about, and he's just awkward, (laughs) which is dangerous. Like, what's he thinking about? Right. Paul says that everything the sisterhood forbid is now in the past. Right? They forbid artificial insemination and... And all this other stuff, right? All the, all the genetic manipulation, like physically manipulating genes, they'll manipulate people all they want to make babies, but the, uh, the how the genes get sliced together, they don't mess with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can have, the Bene Gesser can have his seed for their plans, whatever that may be. Heck, Irulan can have the child, but no child of Irulan will sit on his throne. So again, the Reverend Mother asks, okay, fine. Who then who will bear the Imperial heir? Paul says, bum bum bum, Chani will. The Reverend Mother reminds him that I'm sorry, but she's barren. How is that gonna happen? And then he says, bum bum bum, she's with child. Basically, like she goes, she's barren. Paul goes, if you got a baby right now, beat, you know, like <laughs> right, 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 which is crazy, right? Like, it all she needed was to get away from Erolon long, long right. enough for the meds to like wear off, right? And plus, she's doing now the crazy Fremen fertility rituals, right? Which will only make her more fertile,
1: right? She's a fertile myrtle right now,
0: wow, oh, yeah, living in the desert, doing her thing. <laughs> the Reverend Mother snapped and she exposed how shocked of she was hearing this news. You lie. <gasps> you lie. I was <laughs> just old witchy. You lie. Stilgar surged forward, hopefully to kill the Reverend Mother at this point, but was stopped <laughs> right. by Paul's hand. We've known for only two days, but yes, she carries my child. But, but, Irulan. Paul reminds the Reverend Mother, sure, Everyone can have the child, but only artificially. I will not sleep with her. The Reverend Mother closed her eyes, hid her face. Damnation, she thought. How could he be so careless with his genetics? Everything that Benny Distret taught, all the lessons of the Boulaherlian Bula- jihad. Oh, I'm burned that word. But- Butlaheri? Oh, man. Bellerian. Bellerian. You got it. You say it.
1: But Larry and Jihad, you've said it a million times.
0: Yeah, I Come know. On. just you got My it. tongue got all messed up. <laughs> they would forbid them to carelessly gamble at, like he was doing. Their goal was to create the highest aspirations of humankind, making a mind to beat all machine minds. And here he was, throwing it away. Boo-hoo. I feel like that was a lot in there. Like Just kind of the order of the Bene Gesserit, like why they got started in their quest to do what they did. Um, And I'm, I have a feeling that if they do make a Bene Gesserit show, focus on the origins of the Bene Gesserit, it will be around this topic of like, how do we beat the machines and make a human mind that can beat machines? Right. Just, uh, if I was have any influence, which I don't, that's what I would do. All right. Maybe they'll hire you. Oh my God. Dream job. (laughs) If I, Yeah, you can contact us at readingdune at gmail.com if, you, if you're listening. <laughs> Denise. So Paul just says, your decision, All right? Your turn, Reverend Mother. What do you want to do? Up to you, bud. She could only shake her head. It was more than just the precious Atreides genes that were important. It was more than just sperm and ovum. The Bene Gesserit wanted to capture the psyches of the individual which is why they want them to do it to make the baby. They need that like psychic connection. Um, I don't know. They want, yeah. they want that. If she said yes, he would make Paul would make the Benny Gesserit violate their own order, which could topple them if they were ever discovered. Because now they're like, you're, you're breaking your own rules that you've set everything on, you can't be trusted anymore, right? Plus, he would never admit that he was the father. And this means Atreides' genes would be saved, but that would never mean the throne. So the Reverend Mother is um, not wanting to make this decision, so she's procrastinating. And she's <laughs> looking around the room. <laughs> so we're going to go. We're going to look around the room. still grows passive and waiting. The Gola is frozen, inward wandering somewhere, just in his own head. Ali is watching the Goa with curiosity, and then there's Paul. She tries to bargain. This is your only offer. Paul's like, "Yep." The river mother glanced at the Goa. The Zen Sunni Mentat of regrown fresh flesh. The Goa smiled at her and said, "An offer is only as good as the real thing it buys. The exchange offered here is life for life, a high order of business." The life of Chani for the life of the unborn Carino Atreides genetic line. Hmm, that's the deal. Aaliyah brushed a piece of hair from her forehead and said, And what else is hidden in this bargain? The Reverend Mother couldn't even look at Aaliyah. The abomination. Guys Helmaheim felt herself and all of her other selves in her clamoring about, watching with intent. They were alert. Every Reverend Mother she'd ever absorbed in becoming a priestess of the sisterhood. And across from her, Aaliyah, all of her Reverend Mothers were doing the exact same thing. It's like a it's like a Mexican standoff with no Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, wait.
1: Paul Paul did the the water thing too, right? Which is yeah. like where he got you his know, superpowers. Special. Does he have Reverend Mothers in his brain as well? I was thinking about this while we were, while I was reading.
0: Good question. Good question. Um, he can, he can look at the place. They can't, I don't think he has necessarily Reverend mothers talking to him in his brain, but he did experience a moment with Hitler earlier. Hmm. Okay. In the past. So he's getting to the point where he can see the future. Like he can see the past and be the, be in the past, like he can experience the, it. Yeah. 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 Sure. So that's what, that's the powers that he has. Whereas, um, Aliyah and the Reverend mothers have the g- combined genetic memory and all of the memories and people in there talking, talking to her. Um, yeah. So that's her thing. Cool. Um, but also we don't know the extent of Aliyah's powers. What can and even Paul doesn't know this. He's going to question it later on. Right. Like she he says like she's not seeing it. What is she not seeing? Like she they don't really know. They like understand each other, but they don't have the same abilities. Right. But they, I don't know if they talked about it. They probably talked about some of it, but it's still confusing about what's going on. Right. So, in each of the Reverend Mothers, there's generations of Reverend Mothers, each vying for the survival of their Reverend Mother. Because if mm-hmm. they die, if Aaliyah dies, all of that past memory goes away. Okay. And if Reverend Mother Guys tell him, hi, I'm all of that past memory goes away. So, and, th- and they're all like individual souls in them talking. So, it's like they also want to keep that person alive hmm. so they can keep on existing, you know, weird ghost soulish presence <laughs> in your head Sp- spooky way yeah yeah they're witches for a reason man this is weird <laughs> and then the gola the Telaxu salesman pops up <laughs> wondering if they'll ever you know let down the burial barrier of artificial insemination right i mean hey the Tewaxu do it all the time but of course it's a slippery slope argument because if we're going to use artificial insemination, we might as well just control the mutation and control what genes go where. Right. Which would make everything much faster.
1: Right. Which is why the, I think it was Sightail was like, we've made a bunch of. Right. Quizot Like, we just did it. We just made them because we could.
0: Why do you guys wait in a thousand years? What's happening? What's wrong with you? Right. But yeah, it's that slippery slope argument. And that's why the Bene Gesserit, like, have a hard line. Because if you do one, why not do another? If you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want some milk. So he just goes down that line. Paul was feeling the room out. At this point, everyone felt like strangers, even his own sister. Aaliyah spoke up, saying, who knows? Who actually knows what's going to happen if we give the Bene Gesserit the Atreides genes? The guy's helmet, whipped her head around to meet Aaliyah's gaze for a single moment. Both Reverend Mothers had a singular thought. What the hell do the Tleilaxu have to do with any of this? Which I think is weird because, again, you have the Golva hate the salesman who's like, why not use the Tleilaxu in every conversation? Which, again, I feel is weird. Yeah. The Reverend Mother Mahayam broke eye contact first remembering how the biggest pitfall of Benny Desert training was the vanity of To believe that power could overcome any obstacle, including one's own ignorance. For Guys, Helmahaim and the Bene Gesserit, there was a pyramid of generations which reached an apex with Paul Atreides and his abomination sister. A wrong move here, everything would crumble, and they would need to start over. Paul finally asks Do the Bene Gesserit reject his proposal? Guy Selma Haim only says, I'm thinking. She looks over at the sister, thinking, how much would he pay to spare Chani's life? Would he accept a cross with his own sister? To buy time, the Reverend Mother asks about Irwan's opinion. Paul says, Irwan will do anything that Benny does or ask, which was true. Yeah, no, he's not wrong. The Reverend Mother asks if Paul would put Chani's child on the throne. Paul says, "It is my throne. I can put there whoever I want." He he glanced at Aaliyah, who was being oddly calm, eyes closed. Paul could feel the distance growing between them. The Reverend Mother had came to a decision, and that decision was that this could not. This decision could not be made just by her. She needed to consult with everybody on the council on Wallach. So her decision is to not do anything but to just ask more people what to do. Paul agrees, but says they shouldn't take too long. The Gola, the Tleilaxu salesman, asks, will Paul bargain with the Blenny Tleilax? If you bring the Blenny Is right here, why not bring the Blenny Tleilax here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Aliyah's eyes popped open. She just stared at hate. What are you doing? I've made no such decision, Paul said. What I will do is go into the desert as soon as it can be arranged. Our child will be born in Sietch. A wise decision, Silgar says. Aaliyah could feel in every cell of her body that this was not a wise decision. It was a dumbass decision. Says, was this was a wrong decision. But, and Paul knew this. Why did he fix himself upon this path? This is like twice that Aaliyah has been like,
1: what are you
0: doing? <laughs> this Why? is wrong. Aaliyah asks Paul if the Blenny Tlailax had offered their services to Paul. Paul says no. And then Stilgar then he then Paul tells Stilgar to arrange a message to be sent to Wallach. Paul turned away, sensing Aliyah's debating. She's debating in her head if she should ask Paul more questions. Instead she turns to the Gola and asks, Mentat, will the Tlailax you bid for favor with my brother? Hate only shrugged. Aliyah's question revealed to Paul that she had not seen the alternatives here. Hmm. Visions do vary from sable to cybel. It makes sense for visions to vary from brother to sister. Paul turned to look at his sister. He knew that she would wonder what it could mean to see him crying. So now, during all of this, Paul starts crying in this decision. He's experiencing something. And he also knew that she would not know why he's crying and she would wonder about it, which wonder for the Atreides at this point in time is now a kindness. Right. Cause they can see everything in the future. So not knowing something is kind of like fun. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Paul glanced at the Goa, seeing only his friend Duncan Idaho sorrow and compassion warred in Paul. Paul thought to himself, There are many degrees of sight and many degrees of blindness. His mind turned to a paraphrase from the orange Catholic Bible. What senses do we lack that we cannot see another world all around us? Paul wonders about hate's metal eyes. Did those metal eyes do more than just see? Aliyah crossed over to her brother. She put his hand on his cheek. She, she, She put her hand on his cheek to feel the tears. That ancient fremen gesture of awe. She could feel the sadness welling up in him. She said, "Hmm." She said, "Can you read that quote?" Yeah.
1: We must not grieve for those dear to us before their passing.
0: Paul only whispers, "Before their passing." Tell me, little sister, what is before? Bum bum bum. Mm, 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 mm. What is before? So, yeah, he's coming to the point like he's, he feels like the past and the future are just melded together for him now. Right. Cause
1: he just sees all of it. It's just all one big present at some point. So, you
0: know? why do you think he's crying? Last thought.
1: Uh, because it's like finally here it's like finally happening it's like in doctor strange where the the sorcerer supreme lady um like arrives at the moment of her death but she mm-hmm. goes and like slows down time because she's mm-hmm. like i always knew it. it was like gonna come down to this and now here i am you know like yeah just that moment of like well, I knew this was gonna happen, but now it's happening, so
0: do you think okay, what moment is happening then for Paul? Um
1: Chani, Chani's fate being sealed in one way or another, um his inevitable demise. I don't know. Like there's there's like a a bunch of things that it could be. I don't I don't know that it's like
0: it's just everything.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's like specifically clear. I might be missing something, but
0: yeah, it doesn't specify why he's crying. Yeah, it could be the pain from the jihad he feels caused, in which he caused it. Could be Chani's death. Could be that his empire will end, and all of this is right. for nothing.
1: Yeah, it's just that 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 quote that makes me feel like it's like it's Chani. You know. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I feel I feel like like because he's doing everything his power to bargain for something. When I first when I first read it, I he's crying over death of Chani is what I thought. Right. Yeah. Andrew Floyd says, I feel I feel like you got it. <laughs> Me, I got it. You got it. You're spot on the money. Okay. <laughs> Great. Because we we'll find out next week. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of next week, um, you can help support us, patreon.com slash reading dune. Every chapter. Um, what else? That's. I mean, stay spicy. That's. That's it. We'll see you in the next chapter, as we talk to Edric and Saito and Ooh. see how the conspiracy is doing. Because right now, Paul is just knocking the conspiracy down one at a time. Like he's oh, he's yeah. got Irulan out of the way, right? Chinese with child. The he just he just took down the Benny Gesserit. By saying, you want my sperm? You can have my sperm. <laughs> so we have the guild to deal with and the Tleilaxu to deal with still. So
1: uh, Is that the next merch piece we're going to do? It's a t-shirt that says, you want my sperm? You can have
0: my sperm. <laughs> Readingdune.com. Right reading there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, somebody was asking for more spicy merch in the Discord. Oh, by the way, join the Discord. If you're reading Messiah yeah. and you want to read Children and you're blazing through it and you can't stop and you don't want to read with Evan because he's too slow, then that's cool. Just join the Discord and do so. All right, yeah. that's uh, that's all. Oh, Thomas Wright says, it's also the loss of Leto. See, there's too much you could be gosh darn crying about. All right, we're going to end this and just say, stay spicy, my friends. We'll <laughs> see you next time. Next week.